Senmonani Dumelang, good evening and welcome to episode 129 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantungwa Kumalo. It's a Friday edition of the Private Property Podcast. And well, before you get your weekend started, you know, we always want to talk property and make sure that we get that last little bit of all things relating to property before uh, we start drinking, uh, you know, your wine or champagne or beer. Some of you at home are probably watching us drinking exactly that. Well, welcome to our viewers, whether you're watching us from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or certainly on YouTube, we do welcome you. Of course, we love hearing and interacting with you on our various social media platforms so do show us that love if you're watching us on facebook you know always uh you know drop us those green hearts as well as across the other social media platforms now this evening we're talking about something that you know i know can be so contagious i know this because every time we talk about it a lot of you at home always share your experiences i know because I live in this kind of property and I've seen my fair share of sort of drama living in this kind of community. And of course, you've guessed it, we're talking about sectional schemes. And this evening we're looking at sectional title ownership top tips on how to get it right the first time. So if you are a you know, prospective new owner, perhaps you've already bought and you've bought into a sectional scheme, these are some of the tips that are going to help you better understand what living in a sectional title community essentially means. I think so many of us probably buy intersectional schemes and we don't quite know what it means what the implications are what we can and cannot do and and it's actually just caused so much you know turmoil i mean i always tend to see uh, a lot of conversations sometimes from residents sometimes even from people who are renting you know your landlord probably didn't share what the rules of that particular estate or you know that block of flats are and you go and do something that you're very likely not allowed to do well that's certainly something that we're going to be exploring this evening and the question that i I'm asking you this evening is if you're living in a sectional title community, what have been some of the rules that have that you found out about after the fact? You know, or if you've just bought into one or you're just about to buy into one, what have been some of the rules that you really don't quite agree with that have kind of annoyed you just slightly? Um, and even what are some of the rules that you learned about that you're actually quite happy with, uh, that you probably would have never thought of, but when you sit back, you're like, actually. I see why this rule is there and I quite agree with it. Do share with us here down below. Well, the gentleman is going to help us better understand and give us those tips to help us as we buy those sectional title um, or rather buy into sectional titles is somebody who's no stranger to private property podcasts. And that's of course, uh, Michael Shaver, who's the founder of ZD Finn. Uh, good evening, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Zama and hello listeners. Thank you very much for, for inviting me to the show once again. It's a great way to end out a great week. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, we've had such an incredible week <laughs> uh, in talking property. And I think you are like the great cherry on top. And I mean, Michael, you've got like, what, oh, like two decades worth of knowledge, especially when it comes to sectional community, um, certainly within the property space. And I think one of the, the things that we certainly want to leave the viewers with this evening is just a better understanding of living in sectional titles. I mean, we speak about it quite a lot here on the podcast, and it's something that we'll continue speaking about because even people who already live in sectional titles still don't quite understand what the implications are because they still have a sense of, well, this is my property, I've bought it, I can do whatever I want in any area of the property that I own. Perhaps before we even get to some of the tips, maybe explain to our viewers, you know, we'll say the, the major implication with living in a sectional title community. Well, Zana, thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, the first and foremost, I think, you know, 
owners need to understand, or even prospective owners need to understand that, you know, when you either live in or you're going to buy into a sectional title scheme, that you're almost buying into a community. You know, that's the first thing. And like any communities, the rules, the regulations, um, you know, and it's, it's kind of high density living, you know, and I think, you know, you need to, you know, ignorance isn't an excuse. I think, you know, prospective buyers and owners alike, they need to take the time to familiarize themselves with the prevailing legislation, the prevailing rules. And, you know, it, it, it affects, it directly affects their lives and their livelihoods and their, their kind of their well-being and their enjoyment of life. So, you know, I think they do need to take that time. Um, you know, as I said to you previously, you know, it's, it's not something that people readily know about, you know, so you do need to take the time to, to, to understand it. And, you know, in this day of age with technology and the internet and that type of thing, it, it really doesn't take long to familiarize yourself. And, you know, if you just put in body corporate or scheme management or scheme rules or anything into Google, I can assure you that the majority of the large managing agents, some of the industry bodies like, like NAMA, um, you know, certainly the Community Scheme Ombud Service, which has been in existence for just over four years now, you know, there's a whole wealth of information online, um, you know, that, that is available to, you know, both owners and, you know, prospective owners alike. So I'd really encourage people you know, before they, they make the leap of, you know, into, you know, sectional title or community living to just familiarize themselves with, you know, some of the, you know, some of the intricacies and some of the, you know, the, the prevail, you know, the, the rules and legislation. Mm. And on the people who are about to buy into sectional uh, title communities, perhaps, Michael, you know, share, let's say, the first tip that you'd want viewers at home to know in order for them to get it right the first time. Because I think we've certainly spoken about how so many people end up finding out about certain rules after the fact uh, because they either didn't ask or they didn't even know to ask. Uh, perhaps what would be the first tip in order to help people get it right the first time around? Okay, well, I think the, 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 very, the very first thing, you know, is to ask for a copy of the, the rules, okay, as well as the financials, you know, and quite frankly, I think, you know, maybe just an audience would be with the trustees or the chairman of the scheme, you know, who can then provide some of those documents and, you know, just to understand, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of a scheme are you buying into, you know, also the, you know, kind of the age group, you know, is it, is it a lot of retired people, elderly people, is it, is it younger people? Because that's very much going to sort of, you know, dictate, you know, the kind of environment that you're living in. But, you know, very definitely you want to see the rules. You want to, you know, if you're, a, if you're an animal lover, you want to know if it's a pet-friendly complex or if it's not a pet-friendly complex. Um, you know, and then secondly, the financials as well. You know, I think you want to familiarize yourself. You know, it's not, you don't have to have a complex understanding of, of finance. You know, I'm sure everyone's got access to a family friend or, you know, someone that does their tax that could just, you know, just have a cursory look and just make sure that, you know, things look sort of like solid. And another very important thing, which I think a lot of prospective owners overlook is, is the mix between tenants and actual owners. You know, how many is it predominantly tenants that, you know, investor buyers that own, own the units that are letting them out? Or is it owner living? You know, to understand that sort of mix, because I think that makes quite a big sort of impact. So, you know, to summarize, um, you know, certainly, you know, when, when one's chatting to the estate agents, I'd strongly encourage that you get the name of the trustee chairman, um, you know, have a chat to them directly on the telephone or via email, get a copy of the rules, get a copy of the financials. Um, you know, I think that's, that, that's absolutely critical. And, you know, in, yeah, just, you know, peruse the rules. You know, it's no, again, ignorance isn't an excuse. And you don't want to buy in sort of unknowingly just to realize that there are some rules that sort of don't suit you or your sort of way of living. And, you know, then it becomes a, 
you know, like a contentious issue. Because mm. yeah. you are buying by those when you buy in. So, yeah. So, I think a little bit more, a little bit of preparation, you know, generally speaking, it's, you know, it's generally people's single largest investment their house. So, you know, just do a little bit of homework like, like you would do for anything. You know, and I think that's that's critically important. And and you know, also the managing agent. You know, find out, you know, who is the managing agent. Chat to the managing agent. You know, I work for the largest, you know, sort of managing agents in the country for close to twenty years. And you know, there, there's not enough engagement. I think that you know, people are generally very receptive to to prospective buyers because it's a relationship that is then forged for many years going forward. And they're very happy to impart information. And yes, I think just a little bit of preparation and just sort of understand. And I think people are very willing to share. Mm-hmm. We are, of course, taking your questions and comments at home, whether you're watching us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, do share them through. Also asking you, you know, what have, what has certainly been your experience uh, if you're a first-time home buyer who bought into a sectional title? Perhaps you came across some of the rules after you bought and weren't particularly happy. Um, and also, which were some of the rules that you actually found to be quite useful. Do share with us your experience with living or buying or certainly investing in a sectional title community. We've got a, a comment here from our, one of our YouTube video, uh, YouTube viewers rather, and this one is coming in from uh, Queen Shisabe who, uh, who says, the worst part of sectional title community, or rather the sectional title property is the body corporate and the homeowners association. They are abusive. Uh, and another one here coming from one of the Bring leaders on Facebook, Ubangs Sabakwena, who say sectional title is challenging. If it weren't for security, I don't think many people would buy into sectional title uh, communities. And I think, Michael, you know, this is a sentiment that we're sometimes sort of slowly seeing that, in as much as there's a convenient factor, uh, especially as far as security is concerned, I mean, as much as the gardening and the maintenance gets taken care of as well, I think one of the big selling points course is around security because we live in a very unsafe country unfortunately and we want to have a sense of safety and even though we've seen crime in sectional title communities I think we feel just a little bit safer um, living in one but we've also seen the upside that unfortunately your body corporate or certainly the trustees have been so what uh, you know one of our viewers calls abusive I've certainly heard people share Uh, that kind of sentiment that they feel as though the trustees are kind of going overboard and you know aren't necessarily running the uh, scheme as in the, in the best interest of everybody who lives in them. Perhaps share with us, you know, before we even get back to some of the tips, how we can, how viewers at home can mitigate that. Because I see that quite a lot. I mean, we know that there are ways that you can, you know, report if trustees aren't doing something that as a community you feel ought to be done. Perhaps share with our viewers at home how they can mitigate um, that those kinds of situations. Yeah, so sadly, it's not uncommon. You know, that you do attract, you know, sometimes the, the position of a trustee may attract the wrong kind of person and you might get a very sort of dictatorial sort of chairman that's, you know, sort of abusive towards owners sort of incorrectly. And, you know, I, I, I don't know whether many people know, but, you know, the Community Ombud Service Act came out, you know, close to four years ago on the 7th of October, marked the four-year anniversary. And it's provided a very cost-efficient and cost-effective medium uh, to report, you know, to report disputes and issues, you know, which is then sort of escalated to, you know, generally to a, a conciliation and, you know, if consensus is not reached, then an adjudication. And they have they have jurisdiction over all schemes, that sort of sectional title bodies, corporate, homeowners associations, uh, share block companies, um, you know, the various sort of residential um, architectures. 
And, you know, it's a, as I say, it's a very cost-effective, very sort of quick, um, quick turnaround times. And, you know, I think it's, 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 it's long overdue. And, you know, I'd encourage sort of, you know, any members, um, you know, who are experiencing any difficulties to first of all, try and, um, you know, sort of exhaust internal sort of remedies in terms of, you know, perhaps approaching alternative trustees to try and, you know, um, you know, discuss or arbitrate sort of the issues. And if that doesn't reach, you know, sort of any, any conclusion or satisfactory conclusion, then to lodge a dispute with CSOS, which will then provide sort of an unbiased, you know, sort of conciliation of sorts. And if that doesn't sort of resolve itself, then it proceeds through to a, a formal sort of adjudication. And on that conclusion, you know, the outcome there has the same authority as a court order. So, you know, that, that's, that's what can be done. And, you know, as I say, you know, I've seen some, some very successful, you know, sort of judgments, basically. And, you know, it's a very effective medium to, to try and resolve disputes. You know, over and above that, you know, if there are a number of owners that, that feel like-minded, um, the legislation does provide for 25% for of, of the owners to instruct the trustees to call a special general meeting to consider any sort of special resolutions. So potentially, you know, a, a board of trustees may be changed and new trustees may be appointed, or if it's a, if it's a number of rules that, 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 that are not correct or that are causing sort of like issues, the rules can be, you know, reconsidered and revised and, um, you know, amended, you know. So there, there are various sort of mechanisms to, you know, sort of dispute resolution. But I think what is important is, is to appreciate that, you know, you're living in, you know, kind of high density, you know, sort of living, you know, communal living. So, you know, people need to, you know, as far as possible needs to be considerate to, you know, their fellow owners, um, you know, treat others as you'd have to treat unto yourself, I suppose. Um, you know, and again, that's why I say when you're buying into a scheme, you know, if, if, if you're a youngish person, you know, don't buy into a scheme where, you know, the average age is, you know, 65, you know, because you're bound to kind of like by Ted's and conversely, you know, if you're 60 years old, don't buy into a scheme where the average age is 30, you know, yeah. because it's, it's not really a good mix. You know, and then again, you know, again, back to the rules, you know, have a look at the rules. You know, noise disturbances are obvious, you know, very often it's, you know, no loud music after, you know, even at nine o'clock at night, you know, which might not be sort of, you know, directly consistent to the bylaws. But again, it's generally representative of the, you know, of the, 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 the yeah. that's living yeah. exactly. So, you know, I think, you know, and again, that's why I say to people, you know, you know, take, do a bit of preparation, you know, meet with the trustees, you know, ask to go to a trustee meeting. You know, I'm sure the trustees wouldn't have an issue with that. Um, you know, meet them, you know, maybe meet a few owners, chat to the owners, find out, you know, what their experiences are like. And, you know, and be aware of CSOS. I think CSOS is a very effective, um, a very effective, you know, um, body that has been put into place. And, you know, and owners pay for the privilege. You know, there's a, there's a CSOS levy that all owners contribute towards. And so, you know, it's long overdue. And, you know, they have the authority and the jurisdiction to get involved in disputes and to make unbiased, you know, sort of objective sort of determination. So that is always available to all owners. Um, you know, no owner should feel that, that they're being abused or that they're being victimized in a place of, you know, of, of their, their living. It's just, that's not right. Mm -mm. You know, and, and Michael, I actually love that you, you point out the work that CISOS does because it certainly is one of those, uh, you know, important bodies that I think so many people at home 
likely don't know about. And, and I do urge you, if you're watching us at home, to go back to some of the episodes that we've had around sectional titles. Uh, we have had Michael on before. We've also had Zelinda van der Madeville, who's spoken about the work that the community uh, on that schema actually does and the process sort of behind reporting, whether the managing agent or certainly the trustee. Because I think it is one of those things that a lot of us very likely did not know about. And you now may have an issue with trustees that are running you know, the, your particular community and you want different ways to be able to report them. We're going to go for a quick break and when we come back, I'll be taking your questions and comments. I see them. Dumisani on Instagram, I also see your question. I love your question because it's something that I actually wanted to ask uh, Michael. I also have got questions from YouTube as well as Facebook. We're going to go for a quick break and we're going to be back just after this. Welcome back to episode 129 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantungwa Kumalo. This evening, I'm speaking to Michael Schaefer, who's the founder of ZDFIN. And we are, of course, talking about community schemes. You want to get it right the first time around, whether you're somebody who's probably looking to buy into one, perhaps you already live in one, and really want to find out the best ways to navigate living in a community scheme. And if you're an investor, you probably also want to just better understand what that might mean for your investment. We're, of course, taking your questions and comments at home. And I also want to hear from you if you're living in one or you've recently bought into one, what has your experience been with that? And going to your questions and comments at home, we've got one here from Instagram, uh, from Utumisani uh, M, who asks, why is it important to know the mixture of residence between the actual owners and the tenants? I think... Very often, very often, and as a generalized statement, if there are a lot of tenants that reside in a, in a complex, you'll find that, you know, the, the owners are typically investment buyers, okay, and they're generally trying to maximize profits, which, you know, might lead, and I say, again, it's, it's, it's generalized comments, but could well lead to, you know, sort of suppressing the levy or cutting certain costs. So maybe having, you know, the, the minimum amount of security available, you know, maybe not taking the best sort of landscaping option for the gardens, um, you know, maybe doing maintenance only when it's absolutely critical as opposed to, you know, sooner than later. So it's that type of thing. And again, you know, generally speaking, again, you generally find that that owners, you know, look after their properties better than tenants, you know, so I think it's quite important to see the, to see that mix and, you know, just, yeah, so I think it's important to understand that mix. And um, yeah, I think that that's exactly why. 
Mm. And, you know, I've certainly seen that, uh, Michael. I, mean, I think if, if I look at even where I currently live, the, the mix between, uh, you know, us as owners and tenants, tenant mix is relatively lower than owners. And the complex is well run. We're able to hold the trustees accountable. Uh, if the, in the event where there's something that's wrong, we report it swiftly because it's a place that we live in. Where sometimes you find when a tenant uh, is living in, or when there's a high percentage of tenants, sometimes they don't report things that are actually going to be fixed by the trustees, right? Because things happen. The trustees don't. You sometimes come to the place and inspect. Then good ones typically would do it regularly. Others don't. So I think when the owners live there, they take a bit of ownership of the community that they're living in. So report things that need to be fixed, they are fixed very swiftly. Whereas sometimes we'll find something will stay broken for an extended period of time. And tenants kind of just keep it moving because they think, well, my apartment is fine. I don't need to report something that's like happening with, you know, in the communal area. So you really do find that understanding the mix um, actually does go a long way. Uh, we've got a comment here from another ring leader from Facebook, Umatha Shingane, saying a previous podcast that touched on this empowered me to engage our trustees from a more informed view. Yay, I'm giving them a run for their money. I want those <laughs> minutes and invite myself to their meetings accountability. And that's an important one because you're able to attend uh, trustee meetings even as a regular community member. You don't have to be a trustee. Uh, you just aren't allowed to vote you're able to have your say in the event where a matter needs to be voted on then you're not allowed to vote only the trustees would vote so do make sure that you ask them for those minutes and you really do hold them accountable and the episode that martha is referring to is of course that one that we we've actually had with zelinda van amarva we've had a few episodes uh, with her around community schemes and of course the one that we also had with michael on this very topic i see humuta tolle on facebook saying thank you i'm enjoying the show very much informative i have been missing out most welcome also welcome to the community you certainly have been missing out uh, we're glad to have you with us i'm sure you're going to enjoy the of the episodes that we have in store for you and also do go back whether it's here on facebook on or even on youtube to watch some of the older episodes uh, and i want to go to uh, another question here on um a comment rather i think it's coming from youtube and this one is um also coming from um uh, queen shivasa who says i agree we are mainly there for security and and then she asks how do we access it and i think she's the the question when she says how do we access this she's referring to csos so how do they access csos in the event where they want to then you know whether lay a complaint um around their their trustees okay so your managing agent should be able to help you and if your managing agent can't help you you can just go directly onto their website and engage them directly there's just a form to to fill out but you know, just one one word of, of advice, you know, try and engage with the trustees first before you go to CSOS, because they're going to want to ensure that you've exhausted all internal, you know, sort of remedies in terms of you know dispute resolution internally before they get involved. So if you've got a dispute, you know, just have some sort of evidence that you know you've tried to engage with the trustees either directly or through your managing agents to try and sort of ventilate the issue and you know sort of come to some sort of consensus. Because um, if you haven't done that, they're going to force you to, you know, go back and, and, and do that first before they, they get involved. But yeah, so just through a managing agent or, you know, directly to them through the, through the website. Mm -hmm. 
Queen actually, you know, adds that she was fined uh, for putting up a netball ring on her wall. As we're saying, so important to understand what the rules are, what you can and cannot do, uh, especially in the common areas, uh, because sometimes the, the rules would say you can't put up certain things uh, because it, it, it essentially changes the look and feel of the community. And that's something that they do not want. Michael, any other tip that you'd want, you know, viewers at home to, to be aware of, especially when they're still in the, you know, relatively in the beginning stages of community life living? Because I think it, it really does take such a huge, even mind shift. It took me such a long time to just, I don't know if I'm even fully used to it, uh, you know, living in a community. <laughs> scheme uh, i mean look i i'm about to move out <laughs> thankfully but i think i'm still a bit in shock about it all uh, i mean i used to say i think when i first started moving here one of the bigger shocks is you you park your car and then you're walking up to your apartment and you're just bumping into these strangers in my world i'm like i don't know these people but they're in the yard because we are sharing essentially this this big yard and and it was just so bizarre to me because I just did not grow up in that kind of setup. Uh, it probably took me nearly a year to just get used to running into people I do not know while I'm walking from my apartment to my car. Uh, just that alone, I think, was just took a I mean, lot. Zola, you actually, you've actually raised, you know, one of the big sort of pressure issues and contentious issues and, and complexes is parking. You know, when you're buying, how much visitor parking is there? You know, and I, I can tell you now that, you know, I think I mentioned previously the three P's, you know, it's, 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 it's pets and parking and, you know, people. But, you know, parking is such a big issue because very, you know, very often complexes don't have sufficient visitor parking. Yeah. So if you have lots of friends over to your place, you know, make sure there's adequate visitor parking. Because if they start parking in someone else's sort of parking bay, which is generally exclusive use areas, you know, then you start getting fines and clamping and, and exciting things. So... You know, I think preparation, you know, I can't stress enough the preparation, look at the rules, engage with the trustees, you know, look at the mixed owners to tenants, how big is the complex, you know, is, is it hundreds of units or is it a relatively small complex, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of, um, you know, age group of person is living there, um, you know, these are all factors that, you know, you want to look at and take into account and, you know, and engage, speak to people that, that are involved or related to the complex, managing agents, trustees, other owners, tenants, you know, chat to the guards, you know, the guards, the guards probably have the, the most intimate understanding of what happens in the complex than anyone, you yeah. know, which is, which is probably the best, the best guarded secret that, you know, amongst managing agents, you know, they know exactly what goes on. So, you know, speak to them, you know, and it's so easy just to, to, to find out, they'll tell you, you know, so I think just a little bit of preparation and, you know, speak to the, speak to the right people, investigate it on the net, you know, speak to CSOS directly, you know, they'd be quite happy to, you know, share information to tips, industry bodies like NAMA, you know, speak to them. They're the only sort of um, industry body of managing agents, you know, speak to them. They'll share, they've got trustee training that, you know, owners can certainly access that. Um, so there's a wealth of information that is available, but I think, you know, preparation is the key. You know, take a bit of time, look in, you know, we certainly don't have enough time to go into the, you know, the changes in the legislation, but make sure it's financially sound. Very often, just to walk around the complex, just to get a feel for the for the maintenance. Is it well maintained, or the gardens kept? Um, you know, it will give you a feel. You know, and generally that's correlated to to the finances in any event. So yeah, just just have a look. You know, I think you know a little bit of preparation, less hasty, and you know, better better preparation, happier happier owners. Yeah, and 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 you actually love the tip about guards because. 
security guards know so much. If anything, this is also just a pro tip when you are looking to buy into a sectional scheme, uh, whether as a homeowner or certainly as an investor. The moment you ask, you know, securities around, okay, you know, you get such a great sense of how that community scheme is like, what happens, what are some of the things that would put anybody off that you probably won't be able to spot when you're going for a show day, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, they'll be able to give you really good insight and you're able to better understand what you're potentially about to get yourself into. So do make sure that you speak to the security guards. Sometimes even if it just means speaking to them after you've viewed and you're now done with the agent in the unit, as you're about to exit, you just call one of them up, have a quick chat with them. They're always actually just quite willing to you know, have that five minute chat for you to get a nice understanding of the, uh, you know, whether sometimes it's the building or the complex or the estate that you're about to buy into. We've got a comment here on our um, YouTube page and this one is coming from um it's coming from richie mobs who says yeah many people don't think about things like parking and such initially and it turns out to be massive problems i've actually seen i think parking is such a nightmare because especially i mean if you look at let's say Gauteng, where we are building complexes pretty much one on top of the other and I think, you know, a lot of the developers want to maximize space as much as possible. So you might have a thousand units. And when you look at the visitor parking, it's almost at as well, it's not really zero, but it's pretty much like it, it could barely, it might as well just be zero. And then when people have somebody over, you sometimes may have to park outside because it just isn't enough you know, visitor parking. So it really is one of those issues that becomes so contentious, especially if you're not aware about what can or cannot be done. And as you're saying, I think sometimes people's visitors end up sort of parking in somebody else's bay, which is, of course, terrible because your car will get clamped, security gets called, maybe you're not in a good standing with your uh, you know, with your neighbors. So it can be quite a, a, a huge uh, battle when you start thinking about it. I see one of the, the ring leaders uh, is commenting there on Facebook, Ushakong Shakong, saying good evening to Madam Speaker and the A-team. Uh, the A-team, of course, being the, the Facebook gang. Uh, and, and I know they're always going to be there. I think I think YouTube and Instagram and Twitter must start their own A-team uh, and we'll put the two, the, the four A-teams up against each other. We are, of course, cooking up that great competition that's going to put the A-teams up against each other. So all I'm going to say is, almost sharpen your knives and get ready uh, because we certainly do have something in store for you. Michael, any final tip before I let you go? I know people at home probably now want to get started with their Fridays. Those who haven't watched some of the older episodes, do watch the one we've had with Michael before as well as Zelinda because you want to be able to understand what to do when things go wrong, how to hold your trustees accountable, even how you can be part of, you know, how you can be one of the trustees because as an owner, sometimes you don't even need to be an owner actually in order to be a trustee. So do make sure that you go back to some of those episodes and find out how you can do so. Michael, before I let you go, any final tip to viewers at home? No, Zama, I think, you know, not to be scared of it. I think to, you know, I think it, it, it can be a wonderful fit. I think it can be a wonderful environment to, to live in a safe environment. I think it is the way of the future, sort of, you know, more sort of high density to living. There certainly are a lot of sort of pros. And I think to, you know, just safeguard against stress and sort of agitation down the line, you know, just to do a little bit of preparation and make sure it's a good fit for you. And that is certainly a great note to leave it on there, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us this evening.
And that is Michael Schaefer, who is the founder of ZD Finn. And of course, it's always a pleasure to have Michael on the show. We certainly will be inviting him on for future episodes. Because talking about community schemes, a lot of us find ourselves living in them. Probably things we don't quite understand. There's so many things that happen. Perhaps the trustees are bullies or they're not doing what they say they're going to be doing. And we are certainly here to help make that journey a little bit better. So do make sure that you go back to some of those great episodes where we've covered, you know, sectional title communities, the do's and don'ts, and things that you certainly need to know. Well, that, of course, brings us to the end of the Private Property Podcast this week. It has been a great week talking property with you. And, of course, seeing the the A-team on Facebook stepping up their game, the Instagram gang also staying consistent. You know, sometimes you think people are going to bring their A-game on one day, but I think you guys have been bringing it on every single day. I do hope that you will continue as the days progress. We need more love on YouTube. I want to see more of those YouTubers uh, commenting, asking questions uh, right here. We're going to see what we can cook up to make this one a great competition. It's probably going to be one of those things that we end of the year with. So if you have any suggestions, I already know what I might want to be, but if you have any suggestions, do drop them down here below. What would be a great price you'd want to see us giving away right here on the Private Property Podcast? Share your suggestions down here below. Well, folks, that's it from me, Zamandungwa Kumalo. I'm back again on your screens on Monday evening at 7 p.m. But for the weekend, I don't leave you alone. You are, of course, going to be with Chad uh, over the weekend for the developer's show. So do make sure that you stay tuned for that. That's it from me this evening. And as usual, hoping you're staying home and staying safe and have a great weekend. I'm a 10-time South African motorcycling champion. My family and I have chosen to live in four ways. There's some really great suburbs in our neighborhood. There's a lot of families living in the surrounding areas in places like Lone Hill and Cedar Lakes. 
What draws people to Cedar Lakes is that it's so close to the Broadacre Shopping Centre, Cedar Square and Four Ways Life Hospital. Lone Hill is a major drawcard for many families. It's got some great smaller commercial centres and some fantastic schools like Crawford College. From an entertainment point of view, Monte Cassino really comes alive at night. There's so much on the go, and there's an incredible energy in the area. Our family just loves the fast-paced lifestyle that Fourways brings. But honestly, the thing that attracted us most to this area was the active lifestyle that it offers. As a family, we've chosen to live in Fourways because of the lifestyle and convenience, and this is our neighborhood.